0: Hello and welcome to the Trailbusters Podcast, where we talk everything outdoors and adventure. I'm Ethan.
1: I'm Bing. And I'm Will.
0: And this week, we're going to be talking about things that break and how to fix it. That's
1: right. I like the alternative title option of camping, the only way to mend a broken heart. That
0: you suggested (laughs) earlier. (laughs)
1: It's not uncommon for things to break when you are out in the wild, and you should count on it. Um, expect the unexpected, or whatever the saying is. So, mm-hmm. we want to share some tips and tricks for being, making sure you're always prepared, and maybe some fun anecdotes about times things have broken up for us and what we did about it. Um, so, oh yeah, you know? I
2: mean, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is on our last. Uh, Backpacking adventure uh, into a is your backpack. It was yeah. pretty much really, really broken. It was just hanging by a thread.
1: Yeah. So mm-hmm. my backpack, um, the the like waist strap. I don't know the technical term, but like the thing that kind of. I sits think the on,
0: waist strap or that hip belt.
1: Hip belt. Yeah. Uh, sitting on the hips, hat like the left side of it broke. So my bag uh, was sitting on my left shoulder but like up kind of like a lot more light on my right shoulder it was very uncomfortable and um it was a an issue through the whole trip i i managed to use some rope i because you know me i'm all about that rope game and having tarp rope and, and rope. tarp, rope and tarp. <laughs> that's what they call me rope and tarp um but uh <laughs> so i had plenty of rope and i was able to like kind of fix it but that sucked because at the end of that trip, I had a, mm-hmm. a pretty bad kink in my neck and, um, yeah, it definitely yeah dude, we were we were carrying quite a
2: bit of stuff and like I was looking at your backpack, it, like the entire frame on the left side, uh, like on your on your waist strap, it was just gone. Like the frame was just like floating outside of like its its slot.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and you know what the takeaway for me there inspect your gear like so obvious right but like had anyone looked that that was waiting to happen right but like i didn't bother to like do a, a once over of my backpack well
2: to be fair
1: like i
2: i would have done the same i'll be like eh, I should handle one more trip <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah totally no
0: no um is there anything you might have you might have brought that you can think of that would have fixed that better i think that's kind of a a tricky break i think yeah spot on with the inspect your gear beforehand but like say you're out on the trail um could you think of like if i oh if i had this it would have been so much better or like rope seems like a a decent solution
2: (laughs) if you had a new backpack it would be so much better yeah
1: like (laughs) another backpack um yeah no honestly i think the thing with that if if i had noticed sooner uh there are options because Presumably, the binding that eventually completely broke uh, for a while was just frayed, and at that point, mm-hmm. I could have imagined. Like, I've even seen some tricks where some of this uh, you can some of it's plastic or nylon, and you can melt uh, tears back together when they're just like incipient, when they're just starting. So I've seen I've seen some tricks with that. Like, um, so yeah, if you catch it early, you have more options. But at the point where yeah. I was at. I, I wonder what you could do, really. I mean,
0: maybe I, rope. I don't remember actually seeing it. Was it something that would have been patchable? Like, if you had uh, a sewing kit and maybe some yeah. some something to patch it with? Or if you had seen it beforehand, could it have been, like, reinforced with some stitching?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely, like, a seam or a binding on the some of the, like, fabric that was holding the thing together, but that that's an old backpack too by the way like i've had yeah. that, that i've had that for god i
0: don't know 10 10 years something and um that's 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 one of those things that i've heard a lot for like long distance through hikes i've always thought i might bring but i've never brought like just backpacking because it's one of those the chances of your gear breaking and you needing it um needing like a sewing kit I think on a short trip are usually much slimmer. So I've never really brought one, but um, I've heard for backpacking um, long distance, the way to go is um, bring uh, a needle or two and some dental floss. Dental floss. Dental floss yeah i've heard it's like surprisingly sturdy and you know you can also use it to floss it's one of the you you always want multi-purpose things but true um, dental floss is apparently like just super sturdy for quick fixes doesn't look great um it's gonna stand out a lot but it's gonna be minty smelling
2: it would i, I wonder i wonder if it will attract the bears at night though like would you need to hang it onto the trees
0: yeah probably oh, i i i I, I bet you, you'd probably be fine. you'd probably <laughs> also try and go for that scentless floss, but um, I've heard if you have duct tape too, you can take the needle and just tuck it into the duct tape. but that's one of those things I've never done, but maybe for this specific break that could have been a could have been a fix.
1: Yeah, possible. I think for me this, that trip, the two things that broke for me actually, so the backpack was a big one. I also thought I was being clever and I wore sneakers because I've had I've long believed that you can wear sneakers most of the time for big backcountry hikes, especially if it's like a three or four day trip. Um, and my sneakers mm-hmm. fell apart. Um, and it wasn't a problem. I managed to get out fine, but any longer than the trip I did would have been an issue. And I think w- the thing that really was clear to me was that in muddy conditions, you know, sneakers aren't good and we had very muddy conditions. So yeah. if the first thing to think about when you're thinking about preparing for um, your gear breaking is bring the right gear, (laughs) you know, wear boots in (laughs) muddy weather, check your gear, like be, you know, do the work ahead of time, because I think you're right, Ethan, it doesn't really make sense to bring like all the things you would bring on a longer through hike um, on like a three, four day backpacking trip or even a week long one. If you can reasonably assess that your gear is probably not going to break uh, it, most backpacks in newer backpacks or backpacks that you've inspected aren't going to just suddenly fall apart and um, boots are the same
0: i would hazard though maybe getting into weak territory or a few days like that's where it's starting to get a little bit more sketchy because like i think for me i wouldn't bring it on maybe an overnight or like a two night because that that trip you should always be like one day out, no matter, like, if something catastrophic happened and, like, your backpack got shredded and you had to tough it out, you're, like, you're probably, like, a day to get out, whereas if you're doing a week-long trip, I guess if you were doing a week-long trip, like, the trip you and Bing have coming up, where you're going to a spot and just kind of hanging out, it'd be a different story, but if you're doing, like, a... a a week long multi multi-stop and you're 3 days in and something happens yeah it's a lot harder to get out at that point so i think right that's true maybe that's a distance justification of like how if something happened how hard would it be for you to get out totally with something broken
1: and i will say that like my broken backpack could have been a big issue like i think it was fine yeah. but mm that's the kind of thing where you you know i mean i guess the worst case scenario for us because we weren't that far away um from civilization was maybe me having to leave stuff behind which is unfortunate but like tolerable but yeah like it is kind of a serious thing and you know one of the other kind of things is that you know you have to consider what can break there are some things that can break and you know maybe it's fine like for example a tent flap or something um Mm -hmm. But, like, uh, one thing that I think is very common that breaks are things like cooking stoves and um, water pumps. Uh, And I know, like, that is something that even on shorter trips can be a real issue. Yeah, that um, could be dangerous. Very dangerous. That actually,
0: that almost got us on that Algonquin trip after you left. Well, um, when we were heading further in, actually, it was on the... uh, like second day of the hike right near the end of the night and on the day we hiked out um, my water filter was the only water pump we had uh, luckily we had some backups if we needed them um, but uh, that pump um, just kind of clogged up I had actually taken the time beforehand to go through and put in a brand new filter um, and stuff like that because it's a the filter that had been in there was a little older, so I thought it was perfect and good to go um, but I must have put, sucked up a lot more nasty water than I thought because I'm pretty sure by the end of that trip I don't know if I could have pumped like a full water bottle
2: yeah um, you were you were really going at it, and <laughs> it, it was
0: <laughs> tough, and when I took that filter out, it was nasty, it was clogged full um so i think I think it just got a lot of grit stuck into it. Right.
2: Um, I mean, at at that point, like you can't really do anything too. you can't open it up. Otherwise you'll contaminate with everything else around it. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, I didn't want to open it up and risk, um, risk contaminating it and then having it be unusable. Um, the other thing is I had water purification tablets and I think, um, Mark had something similar. He had like the purification tablets that we could have used. Oh,
2: the UV light as well.
0: Yeah, and, and those are things you could use. The problem is, um, and the main reason I didn't want to have to resort to that is collecting the water. So now, now that I've had that filter fail, I think if I were to do it again, I'm fine bringing those tablets, but I might bring something to like filter water through over mm. the lid of my water bottle, like even just a piece of cloth or a coffee filter or something I could hold over the mouth of my bottle so when I scoop, you're not getting debris. Because those tablets aren't gonna get rid of that debris; they're just gonna make sure it's like sanit- it's sanitized, sanitized. <laughs> but you're still gonna have like, you know, junk floating in your water, um, yeah, and that was kind of my worry, and why I wanted to keep using that filter. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, that's important to have good filtration, good water. And you know, I've seen like um, there's a magic straw that people were pretty excited about recently. That's like mm-hmm. a, this like tiny little straw that is apparently like makes it safe to drink water. And it kind of encourages a sort of approach to camping where you have these like gadgets or kind of, you know, s- magic tools that you see advertised that you think are going to like really transform your camping wait, game. Wait, wait. So, so how does that work with a magic straw? I'm just imagining you're holding a straw and
2: you're kind of dunking it into the lake and yeah. you're kind of just I sucking on like it. it. Yeah, yeah
0: it's, it's the, the life straw. So those, <laughs> I mean, really what you could do with that is scoop the water into your bottle and have dirty water in your bottle and use the straw out of that. Um, or what some people do, I don't know if they do it with the life straw, but they'll do it with some of the Sawyer, um, like squeeze type filters is you take your water bladder and you use, you fill it with dirty water instead of clean water. And then the line going from your bladder to your like mouthpiece you drink from, you cut the hose part way and you put the filter in line. Mm. Um, so you can scoop up dirty water and then when you drink the, your suction of drinking on the tube pulls the water through a filter right so that can be kind of cool but then if that breaks if that breaks you know you gotta make sure you have a backup for that exactly that's my point now you're lugging around a a bag of dirty water yeah
1: yeah (laughs) always have a backup especially for something like essential like water filtration always have a backup the tablets are good um but yeah pumping is like you said Ethan. it's not just about antiseptics it's about um removing like
0: crud from the debris water. Debris and that yeah. of stuff, yeah. Going forward, I think I'd, I'd consider getting, like, a smaller Sawyer squeeze, like one of the small things that you can use in line with some um, water bladders. For one, I, I've been wanting to try them, but for two, they're really small, light, and I think that would be a good alternative if my current pump fails. Maybe even with an ideal setup of two of those, so if one fails, um, I've got the other one back up. Yeah, it's smart.
1: Definitely worth having you your can, repertoire. You can
2: always use it as like a, one of those gravity filtration devices, like a, a makeshift one too.
0: Yeah, that's what a lot of those like Sawyer inline ones are great for. Is you have the gravity filtration system where you have your dirty water bag, the tube through the filter to a clean water bag. Yeah, um,
1: I love those kind of setups where you have like passive gains. Like you can set up camp and yeah, just go to bed with no water and wake up with a bunch that's like
0: plus that's i've gotten nuts. so sick of sitting there pumping to fill up algae <laughs> bottles. bottles well, you have a good pump Especially.
1: too my pump is like a little hand pump like a stress ball and it takes ages to get enough water like before you but came you, but you're yeah it does work you can work mm-hmm. out some stress <laughs> that's right
2: you can work yeah. out a lot of stress from that yeah. well i mean depends i mean you can get more stressful because it's going so
1: slowly Yeah, it's, it's Mm -hmm. a little bit too slow. I want to get the pump you have. I think that's perfect because it's like the workhorse, you know, and then you have backups and maybe some. Yeah,
0: it's, it's, um, it's the Catadin Hiker Pro or Hiker Mini. It's one of that Katadin Hiker pumps. Um, I've, I've loved it except for the clog. Um, that one filter, it clogged up right away. The first filter was great. Um, I gotta see, maybe I did something wrong too, um double check that but yeah otherwise it's been a great pump you
1: know another Mm. thing is you know you you can prepare you can bring extra gear that's important that's essential even but you know there's also a kind of a MacGyver element of like just being creative and I know Ethan you were telling us some stories about creative ways that your dad was able to um MacGyver some solutions
0: my dad's had some creative solutions over the years um he actually he always likes to joke that the term Jerry rig is named after him because his, his name's Jerry. Um, but over the years, we did a lot of car camping, but he, I've heard many stories. The one that jumps to, to mind the most, they're always kind of like they went well but could have gone really bad. Um, for example, we were camping in uh, like a camper trailer in the mountains one year, and it was kind of cold out, and it got really cold at night. And when we went to turn the heat on to kind of warm things up for us Uh, the propane was empty and we couldn't get the heat going so uh, my dad's brilliant idea here was to uh, take a toaster oven that we had with us and and uh, balance it on some pop cans open the front and just crank it up and leave it like turned on and running and emanating heat and I was just terrified all night that it was gonna like fall over and catch something on fire and you know, I was gonna have to figure out how to do an emergency evacuation from the camper. Oh my
1: gosh, that is very like <laughs> sketchy, but, but it worked.
0: It worked. We were warm, um, and we lived to tell the tale. No one got injured or anything. So, um, yeah,
1: I, yeah. I think that's a good skill, like being able to be like crafty or come up with like solutions. Because honestly, like there are some things you should you know prepare and ex- anticipate and have backups for like food water shelter that kind of thing uh you know don't mm-hmm. don't mess around but you know inevitably right. a little bit of like uh good attitude a can-do attitude and creative thinking goes a long way
2: yeah mm-hmm. absolutely i think one of the best things that you can carry for that kind of stuff would be kind of duct tape um yeah because that kind of patches up everything you can kind of spin it into a twine and create like threaded needle almost
0: yeah uh, yeah yeah I have, I always carry duct tape with me when I'm backpacking. Um, I've even got, um, one thing I saw online that I thought was cool was different ways of like carrying a little bit. Like if you have a trek pole, you can just wrap a little bit of duct tape around part of Mm, your pole. So that's pretty genius. Um, and that way you don't have to take the whole thing, but, uh, I don't actually have trek poles, but I do have a 3d printer. Um, so I have (laughs) same thing printed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The same thing. You, You use it to walk through the woods. No. Um, I, I 3D printed this little, um, it's basically like a flat thing with a, a a little bit bigger than the width of duct tape, and I can wrap duct tape around it to spool it up, and it's got a little loop at the top that I can put a carabiner through, and I can just clip it on the back of my backpack, barely like barely weighs a thing, um, and then I got a nice little bit of duct tape with me wherever I want to go. My little duct tape spool, I call it spoolie. Man, that's <laughs> nice. It's worked pretty well. Um, I think the only time it's actually been used on the tr- on the trail was uh, a car camping trip with some coworkers um, who, um, one of my coworkers had one of those camp chairs and the arm of the chair broke. And I suggested, you know, a little bit of duct tape might be able to fix that. And he used like the entire spool, which was like three to four feet of duct tape, just kind of wrapping it up in a big ball, like trying to secure the arm of his chair back to like the metal pole where it was supposed to connect, and then he put his arm on it, and it just fell apart, and the duct tape was all wadded up and unusable. It's such a waste. But I've always had it in case I needed it. it. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think duct tape's a great thing to bring. I, I, it reminds yeah. me of, um, with biking, uh, there's definitely some things to bring. like a, you're, you're pretty knowledgeable about that, right? W- were there some tips you had for th- things to bring for bike camping or just long I bike mean, trips? just yeah just biking in general like
2: whenever i go out for a long ride there's always some essential things you want to bring in case of a a flat or a loose screw so always have a multi-tool uh you Mm want to have you want to have like all sorts of different like allen key sizes screwdrivers and a multi-tool um a spare tube uh even if you're running flat like um tubeless i think a a tube would go a long way because you don't have to hassle and patch things up that being said a patch kit would be good as well um and also tire levers to get your tire off if you do have a puncture and a pump or co2 bottles those co2 canisters amazing like they're tiny they're like little capsules but they pack a lot of air in there so
0: yeah right it's 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 funny because listening to you talk about that i've been I've been doing a lot of research into things you should carry when doing longer motorcycle trips, and the overlap is pretty crazy there. Like, you always wanna make sure you have tire plugs, um, Mm -hmm. some sort of pump. I've got a tool kit on my bike right now that's got a bunch of, uh, mine's kind of specifically tailored towards my bike, so it's got a bunch of the Allen keys that I would need for my bike, and Mm -hmm. a few different wrenches, an adjustable wrench. um, A lot of zip ties and metal bailing wire um, and some Um, JB weld which might not be as useful for a bike Those are more for (laughs) like a part of the engine falls off and you need it to stay back on. Yep Wow, but a lot of the stuffs pretty similar even if you get into the more outdoor like adventure riding or dirt bike bikes the spoke tire bikes Those also even have tubes you often see people with extra tubes Right Um, specifically because if you get a flat it's easier to replace a tube than to try and fix a flat If you're gonna be on rough terrain but, yeah wow. i was uh yeah, i went on a,
1: a long day hike uh, over easter weekend and um the, the the hiking trail is part of the um the oh God, i was gonna say burke trail that's not it the um how, uh, bruce bruce thank you gosh my brain uh the bruce trail but anyway right next to the main hiking trail was like a kind of like circuit course for uh that kind of dirt biking but people were going so fast and it was terrifying and loud so anyway dirt bikes you, it,
2: it's like all you hear is just buzzing noises and people yeah. jumping
1: and cheering it was super loud i didn't there weren't a lot of people it looked like just one person or maybe two people doing loops on a kind of okay. relatively small course but it was loud so but yeah, I, yeah that's neither here nor there i mean
2: i mean well yeah but you're going to be doing a very long Um, cycling camping style trip to montreal so it's kind of good that uh you know what to bring and what to what to uh expect as well so
1: totally the only thing uh, flats are the big thing but for slightly longer trips it can be good to bring an extra spoke i had a um on a spoke wrench I had a funny thing happen. This is a little while ago when I lived on the West Coast, but I rode my bike across the border from Vancouver south to, towards Bellingham and the Cascades Mountains. Um, and I put my bike in like a f- barn shed. It was like, there's like a meditation retreat thing I was doing. And I left it there. And the the nights were cold and the days were hot. And the temperature change caused the spokes to loosen, which just happens naturally. But I didn't think about it. And I loaded my bike up when it was leaning against the side of a, the barn door. And mm-hmm. then I, like, kind of, like, pulled it towards me. It was kind of heavy. And I kid you not, my bike tire just, like, tacoed uh, from oh, the, the torque of, like, <laughs> pulling it upright uh, because the, loops, the loose were spokes. The spokes were loose. Jeez. So you need to carry a spoke wrench, and you need to check your spokes before you put pressure on them, especially um, after, you know, it's exposed to big temperature changes. Spokes will just loosen naturally. So uh, having spare spokes and keeping them tight is essential. No. Cause I was lucky there was wow. a truck that drove me to the train and I took the train home, but that was not the plan. So,
2: That's, that's crazy. I, I, I wouldn't would, have
0: thought of that at all.
2: Yeah, I mean,
1: I would have thought like a farm animal just kicked your tire in half. Yeah,
0: yeah no, <laughs> it was crazy.
1: Yeah, it was shocking. <laughs> it was like one of those moments where my brain was like, what? Like, that doesn't bend that way. Like, what? But um, yeah, that was a disaster and I learned from it. So now I know to bring a spoke wrench. Check your spokes in the morning Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and have some a replacement spoke or two is always good and I know for the people who go across Canada they even will bring things like uh, chains uh, and axles like the I don't know is it called an axle like the metal rod that goes through the wheel
2: pretty (laughs) much goes through the hub
1: yeah those can break too so.
2: Yeah, chains chains will stretch over time. So if you put a lot of force on it, it will elongate. But it shouldn't it shouldn't snap, per se. I mean, it's a very rare chance, but you never know, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mm. think fixed gear bikes that's a real danger because you bring a lot of weird pressure. But there, there's but you wouldn't
2: you wouldn't ride you wouldn't ride a fixie no. across Canada.
1: You, <laughs> you would definitely not do that. One thing we haven't talked about, perhaps the single most important thing that you bring on a trip um is your your own body and what to do when that gets yeah. damaged um that's a huge topic um probably enough for its own podcast but do you guys have any thoughts about what to bring um what to do when when injuries happen when you're hiking common injuries any anything along those lines
0: yeah so um i would I personally always have um a few things in a first aid kit for me. Um, I usually bring things like um, hand sanitizer to, like, keep your hands clean and clean things. Um, And I like to bring, like, a few basic um, pharmaceuticals. So, like, Advil um, Mm. can be really good uh, because you're always sore when you're hiking. Um, yeah, something for your stomach would be good. I, I usually bring like gas X cause I can get kind of gassy or bloaty <laughs> when my stomach gets upset and that's really <laughs> uncomfortable for hiking some Imodium. Cause, uh, mm, I, I mean, yeah. to be honest, I have a sensitive stomach to begin with. Plus there's a lot of, a lot of things that can lead to you getting, uh, diarrhea out on the trail and that's, that's no fun. Um, you're definitely going to want to stop that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Band aids uh, are really good. Necessity, get, if nothing else, blisters. So yeah, band aids are great for that. Uh, what about you guys? What do you, what are some key things you guys think about or bring?
2: Yeah, I think for me, I usually go to what I know from sports injuries. The first aid kits from sports. So you mm-hmm. have a lot of like, um, I guess, just uh, what do you call it? Tapes uh a lot of different yeah. like there's ver- there's various tapes uh whether it be kinesial tape or just sports tape in general i'm not even sure what it's called i just call it tape um mm-hmm. bandages for sure alcohol swabs um and yeah that's pretty much my go-tos i mean that kind of covers a lot of the a lot of like the sprains the cuts and that kind of stuff mm-hmm.
1: how about you will uh I'm, I'm kind of my school of thought there's nothing that some rope and tarp can't fix no i'm just kidding um <laughs> uh what you said i i bought a little like first aid kit um yeah. that i bring with me and just make sure it's stocked up band-aids antiseptic painkillers i have less stomach stuff so i don't know if that's part of my kit but it's not but it seems like a good idea um yeah i think the, the stuff that really freaks me out is, like, repetitive stress injuries, like uh, your buddy, uh, when his knee kind of went, or, like, yeah. when you get really mm. bad blisters, and I'm not convinced there's a lot you can really do for that. It's not like a, there's a thing that would fix it, um, but...
0: I think I think part of that is knowing your body and knowing what injuries you already have. Because like with that, um, Mark prepared. By he made sure he had trek poles to help support him, and he had a knee brace. I mean, he still was hurting, but I bet it it could have been a lot worse if he didn't already prepare to that extent. Yeah. Um, plus, we right. brought. Um, I had ibuprofen and naproxen, which is like a leave, It's like the super long lasting Advil. So he was taking that. Uh, To kind of help Um, The other thing we could have maybe done um, The problem with it is like Longevity is I did have one of those Ice pack things where you break it Like you break whatever's on the inside and it gets cold The problem with those is They're really like a one time use thing So for the multi day like We didn't use it because He would have been able to use it once Um, To be honest I don't know if I would carry that If it wasn't already in the kit That I bought
1: yeah. Um I think that goes to the point that's of like the best thing you can do is, you know, prepare for the worst and bring the necessities, but really like plan and know yourself, know your gear, check your gear and be conscious while you're hiking, like if you have if you you know, one of the classic things, like this is so common. People who are new to hiking will buy a brand new pair of boots thinking mm-hmm. this will help me on my this this like my first time out on a real backcountry trip and their feet mm-hmm. will get chewed up because anyone knows that you're better off wearing comfortable, you know, broken in boots even if they're not like fancy brand new hiking shoes for, you know. So start, you know, if you're new to hiking, you start small and you break in your gear and you get to know your gear so that you don't end up on a two days out and then you realize that your blisters aren't just a pro- small problem, they're a big problem, you know, like Um, Yeah, you gotta kind of, there's no magic bullet and a lot of the gear you bring is for like emergencies, but the best thing you can do to be safe is to be like thoughtful and conscientious and planning and, and, um, and like really understanding and knowing yourself and your gear. That's the only real way.
0: I think also in line with that too is do a little bit of research, like watch some YouTube videos on how to repair types of gear that you know you're going to be bringing. Um, It wouldn't hurt. I don't think it's necessary, but um, it definitely would help any first aid classes or even just bringing like a first aid manual so you know how to use what's in your store-bought first aid kit. Um, If it is something at store-bought, maybe open it up. Look at what's in it. If there's something you don't know what it is or what it would be used for, it's probably a good idea to look it up because it's probably useful for something and it's not going to do you any good if you don't know what that something is. Totally. Yeah. Take time. Mm
1: -hmm. And like after a trip, unpack your tent, check your tent out, unpack your, your backpack, check your gear out, fix it. When you're at home, you have all the time in the world to like mend your gear. And that's important. Take time after a trip to just check and double check. Don't leave water in your water pump and forget about it. And then two months later have moldy, (laughs) broken stuff. Yeah, Yeah. Like, no yeah.
2: absolutely like the first thing you should do is just kind of air it out clean everything up before packing it away right
1: yeah although i one of the, the things I had, I had learned was after a camping trip where there's rain you want to put your tent out so there's no mildew in the sun when you get home yes And i, I yeah. did that and the heat of the sun melted the
0: glue on the tent and a lot of the tent <laughs> oh, <problems wow>. <laughs> so there's too much of a good thing Jeez. there Um, see I I had the opposite experience as a good reminder um, I took a trip down to South Carolina one time to visit when I was still in Ottawa and I wanted to visit my family in South Carolina and I stopped and kind of car camped on the way down instead of stopping in a hotel just because it was cheaper and it was kind of fun and when I got to my dad's house I completely forgot to take my tent out and air it out and I was down there for like a month so, and I never used the tent again while I was there. So I like went camping and I think it rained or was covered in dew or something like that. It was kind of wet when I put it away. I got to my dad's and it basically sat in my cart for a month. And then on the way back up when I went to go camping, that tent was nasty and covered oh, in all sorts of yeah. like rainbow Oof. spots and growths. Oh, um, and it actually, yeah. it took a long time and a lot of washing for it to fade enough that it's it's now like, if I were to tell you and point it out, you can still see discoloration, but it's like doesn't smell or anything and it's probably not causing me harm sleeping in it yeah so that's mm-hmm. definitely definitely and air out your gear yep
1: yep 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 important important step people often forget you gotta unpack and 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 be deliberate uh when you do that take the soles the inserts out of your boots uh, that's a good thing to take out mm.
2: Oh true, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Like when you're washing your boots, like for me, I take the insoles out, give everything a rinse and give it a good scrub as well. I think having a nice um uh, medium bristle brush going through everything would be good to get rid of all the debris and everything too. So
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's important. I think the important the, the, the thing you should take away from this podcast uh, listener uh, is it's not about you know, preparation's important, but just giving things the time they need and and attention is is just as important. So I I think with that, we should uh, probably wrap up here. Um, Any last thoughts, guys?
0: Rocky in the other room is telling me it's time to end this. (laughs) Our producer, my dog, Rocky. Our producer says it's time Then it's time. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us uh, this week. If, uh, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at the trailbusters or by email at info at the trailbusters. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram where again at the trailbusters or go to the trailbusters.com for more content. Uh, finally, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, um, rate and review if you think it's good, um, and share with your friends, uh, get the word out, spread the trailbusters love. Um, and for the Trailbusters, I'm Ethan. I'm Bing. And I'm Will. And we'll see you on the trail. Welcome to
2: another episode of The Little Duck Tape. <laughs> my,
1: my little duct tape. My little
2: duct tape spool. Today, we talk about how far I can spool. Yeah. Don't be a fool. But... <laughs> Feet the spool. Buy my little duct tape spool. It'll stick anything together.